You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Hi, folks. How are you? What's going on? Holy crap, man. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Nice and long. Yeah? What'd you do, Ryan? Well, you know, this last weekend I was sick, so I couldn't really do much. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sucked, man. You feel, you're feel you better now. I, I feel hope. better. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of looked like a bit of a smacked ass when you came in because you were wearing a... a you know, it's, it's it's around Halloween now, so it's the uh, yeah. you have you were wearing the it the Pennywise costume. I was Pennywise recently in a sketch on YouTube. Yeah, on a sketch on YouTube, which you can check it out. Where can I check that out? Uh, it's on the Warp Zone YouTube channel. Check that out. You'll check out Ryan. He's Pennywise, and he had to wear these contacts. He'd never worn them. Hate it. I hate contacts. Dude. I don't know how you do it. I, I don't know how you. <laughs> I'm do wearing it. them now, but I'm still not used to them. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, the album's been out for about uh, I don't know about a month maybe. And uh, that's really about it, man. In Love with Michael Rosenbaum and Chris Sullivan, as you know, is airing every Monday. So make sure you subscribe and write a review. Uh, we need you. Today on the podcast, we have Joe Latriglio. Uh, if you don't know Joe, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he's amazing. He's hilarious. I've known him for a long time. There's a couple of moments here in this podcast that I know I was transfixed on what he was saying. And so was Ryan. It was just really, it was powerful. It was. It was simple. Yeah. Powerful. It was applicable to a lot of things. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was applicable to a lot. It doesn't matter if you're an actor or whatever. What he says is like sometimes we're jealous of this, whether it's a neighbor or you're, you know, I'm, you know, I'm jealous because uh, you know my buddy Dax has way more followers. And jealousy's not good. You know, you're just like, it's like, gosh, you compare yourself to others. And he has something really to say about that, and it, it's really, it's it's really uh, pretty profound. You know, today it's pretty interesting. The first thing that he's going to get a colonoscopy tomorrow so you're hearing him the day before where he has to not eat anything and uh, you can tell he's going a little stir crazy but uh you know you've seen him on the state if you uh if you're old enough back in the mtv years ago reno 911 so many things you've seen him in everything super bad um it, this is one of my favorite guests i say i think i say that a lot but really uh i've known this guy a long time and i just love him and admit i miss him and it was good having him in here i think you're gonna really dig so let's get inside of Joe Latruglio. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. I didn't know what the hell I was doing in the beginning. I was convinced that I should do a podcast. Someone goes, right. you got a good voice, you know people. Yeah. Have a podcast. So I didn't want to do it. And then I did it thinking, okay, maybe I can make some money. And then I realized, wow, it's not easy to make money in a podcast. Hey, no, everybody has a podcast. Yeah. What happened was I probably would have quit. But one day I just started to become really vulnerable. Uh-huh. Really. Opened like up a really, bit. it was therapy for me because I realized the way I was living was not honest. I mean, yeah. I think everybody thought, oh, he's got his shit together. He organizes everything. Yeah. You know, he was on a hit show. He's always working. He's doing this. He got God. The guy's always, he's so happy. Well, I'll say this. I'll say that already you're an affable guy. You're a friendly guy. You're a warm guy. And you love conversation. And you know people. I mean, that's, those are the type of people that should be having a podcast. You're also uh, generous and curious. Two other yes. qualities yeah. for a good podcast. So <laughs> here's to you on your well, 90, well, hey, whatever. Uh, whatever episode. Thank you, Joe Latruglio. Mm-hmm. But it became vulnerable. It became like, I felt like I had purpose. That's why I do it. I, I do it because right. I really love to talk to people and find out 
how they get through, they face adversity, how do they get through it, right. what do they do, what makes them tick. You know, people say, oh, what are you doing now? Oh, you're doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, you're a big star. You're... But they don't know your journey, and I sort of know your journey. Sure. I know the shit that you went through. Well, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this, that I, I don't do uh, a lot of podcasts. I often get self-conscious about it, but I also like to see uh, my friends, and I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. And isn't that funny, like... I find this goes back to the guys at the state and everything. You grow up, you get older, they have kids, you have a family. You're like, how can I see more of them? How can I see my friends? What if they have a podcast or we work together? And then you're, and what then if suddenly I'm forced what, to see them. <laughs> I, I, I have to, I can't, what, I just can't I, meet them at Jerry's what Deli. If I don't, if I don't show up, I don't get paid and I have to see them. Let's hope they're a guest that, star on Brooklyn nine, nine. That would the be only perfect. Way. It's so convenient for me. What am I going to do? Text email give me a break it's, it's hard. the only way i was anxious to see you haven't seen you in a while yeah, and uh, a while. so i was excited about coming here you know matt ballard about the journey matt ballard just texted me like five minutes before you showed up our good friend matthew ballard i went to college with him we got naked at college we did the cherry run ballard is uh, now a family man he's he's doing really well he's doing something with rob mcelhaney yeah always sunny great guy great guy. guy that everybody loves and you guys always all the guys from the state Show Walter and Marino and the whole Wayne, game. everybody always, Michael, Ian Black, all, you guys. And I noticed like, wow, he became friends. And I, and I knew you guys. Yeah. We all knew each other. Did you used to I steal meet, money. Did I meet you through Ballard? I've been, uh, I've been. No, not I don't really. think so. No, I the think whole, I knew you first, maybe. I think you did. And and remind me if I'm wrong, it was through MTV. Were we at MTV or was it even before MTV? It was around there where you guys were doing the state. And if right. you guys out there listening don't know what the, who the state was, look up some old videos, find it, because it really all these guys' careers, like David Wayne, Michael Showalter, they they've gone on big, hot what America. Tom Summer. Lennon, Tom Grant, Lennon, Ken Marino, Kerry Kenny. You, it's a lot. Yeah, of, and if you don't know, if yeah. you're thinking I don't know those names, I know. Look them up. Look those names up, and you're like, holy crap, that guy's hilarious. This guy's hilarious. Oh my god, look what he did. These guys all started together. They met at uh, New York University. New York University. Some of us were in film. Some were uh, in drama. But now we old. You say trauma. Uh, I meant to say drama, but we maybe some trauma. I'll tell you. Because you're from Queens, right? I'm That's from, why you're trauma. Well, well, I'm thinking about trauma. Can I tell I'm, Can I tell you why? <laughs> some did comedy, some did trauma. This is, I'm thinking about trauma right now because, and I'll, this, is, this is why it's amazing that I'm doing this podcast inside of All right, me. I want to hear it. Tomorrow I'm getting a colonoscopy. Today, I'm in prep. I can't They're eat anything. Inside you tomorrow, right. yeah. Doctor Schwartz. No, no, you're will be inside. inside that's you. right. I got two two people coming at me now. Have you done that yet? Uh, here's what's also funny. It's just I guess it's because of our age. We just talked about our age, but you know the 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 age just went down. Two years ago, I went in to a gastroenterologist. Uh -huh. I can't pronounce. Is that yeah, right? I don't know. Too that, long. Just say gas the, the, ass the, doctor. The ass guy. You know. And I, I went to him because my buddy Harlan Williams, you know Harlan? Yeah. You know, Harlan's the, uh, if you guys don't know, he's, uh, he's been on the show, the dumb and dumber guy. Hey, you guys drinking out of some of Grandpa's cough medicine, are you, bud? <laughs> so he said, I said, you know, I went to the, uh, the ass guy and I got a colonoscopy. You should really do it. I was worried and mm -hmm. checked out for polyps and stuff. I didn't yeah. have anything. I'm clean. You yeah. should probably get so I bet I, he has peace of mind. I went to see this ass doctor and I sat down with him. And he looked at me, he goes, you know, um, how old are you? And at the time I was like 44. He goes, yeah, you know, most guys don't get this till 50 unless there's some things going on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I read it in men's journal or something like a year ago, they've knocked down the age to 45. 
That's right. So now I'm older than that age. Yeah. So now I'm going to go get a colonoscopy. There's a few of my friends that want to go get it. We might want to document it. Uh huh. You know, go together. Yeah. Shit our faces off. That they take. Um, I don't. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I. But you know, they say the worst part is the night before when you're just unloading, unleashing. Yeah, that's tonight for me. That's you're doing that tonight. Yes. That's so. What what do you have to do? So, by the way, uh, this I, is good for you guys to hear because it's important. So many of your listeners are of this colonoscopy is, age, I'm sure. Well, this is health. Regardless if you have <laughs> yeah. a husband, a boyfriend, or you're you, sure. whatever, whatever you it is. Know this. this is Joe's However doing this help. tomorrow. What are you doing tonight to prepare? What are you doing well, today? Well, today, you know, it's just a clear liquid diet, guys. I get no breakfast, water. I can have coffee, tea. The, the instruction booklet says nothing red or purple. Now, do I drink Kool-Aid? No. Maybe some of you out there would, so, or or popsicles. Do I have a lot of red or purple popsicles during the day? I don't have any. I can't remember the last time I had one of those, but I certainly can't have them today. Uh, clear fluids, clear fluids, chicken broth. You know, some you know beef bouillon broth. How hungry are you right now? Not that eat. hungry. I don't eat breakfast that much anyway. But I'm, I'm glad this this podcast wasn't at like four. That would have been, I would have been hangry. It's going to be tough later for me. Yeah, I'm glad we got you. When, am, I get, when I get to my therapy session at five, that'll be interesting. Right before. I wonder. When I haven't had any, anything to eat. Do you still go What's to therapy? Going to still, no. I just, I just kind of started a few uh, months ago. Marital yeah. problems? Uh, it, it, it's everything. Your whole life. Yeah. It, it's everything, isn't it? Yeah. You, you see how I just jump in there? Marital but problems? Marital issues? Who says that? I don't know. So anyway, that's happening for me tomorrow. So tonight, all fluids, you'll all be hangry, fluids, you'll go to sleep, you, you wake up. Well, you have to take this liquid oh, stuff yeah. at like, you know, right before you go to, four hours before you go to bed. What is that? I, I don't know, but from what I hear from my friends that have done it, it just tastes terrible and it just makes a shit. I mean, that's, you know, clears it out, clears out the pipes. So, you know, I kind of have to stay indoors. Did people prepare, Ryan, you're laughing. Is right. this one of the, this he should, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. This is Ryan, by the way. This is my engineer, Ryan. No, it's funny. Like, you have to stay. You can't really go anywhere. And, you know, a friend of mine just was going to have a screening tonight. And I'm like, I want to go. And he's like, actually, you know, we may have some. It's pretty tight. You you really want to go? I really do. But it might be good that I don't because dot, dot, dot. So, uh, yeah. Because there's a lot of reasons. One, I have to have the very back row aisle. One. (laughs) Right. If you can't get me that seat, I'm not coming. Yeah. Yeah, or going. Oh, yeah, that's right. That it's important. I can't. I didn't want. I didn't want to put that pressure on him. Ryan's too young. Ryan here is. Uh, how old are you? Thirty-one. You're thirty-one. So oh, you don't yeah, even have to think of this right now, right? Yeah. No, I got some time. Do you get prostate exams, Ryan? Uh, no. Have you ever had a finger in your buns? Well, that's different. You have had that. No, you haven't. Have you, Joe? Sure. I've only had one in my life, and I have this conversation with a lot of people. Oh, because a lot okay. of guys will tell me they have fingers um, in their prostate. They get prostate exams. And I go, no, no. My doctor says it's unnecessary now. You can just do a blood test, check your PSA, and you're fine. Mm. But I'm hearing back and forth things like that. So I actually went to my doctor. I said, look, I'm, I'm a little, like, uh, I don't know, sensitive about this. Like, yeah. you, you have not put a finger in my ass. Yeah. In the 20 years I've known you, I don't Like, I, we, you've known each other a long time. How come no finger in the butt? And butt-? he goes, do you want one? I go, not if I don't, if you really don't think I need one. Even if you don't need one, is it that bad? I had one right before I had back surgery once, and there was no need because I'm like, I'm having back surgery, not ass surgery. Right. So the guy says, Mr. Rosenbaum, we're going to, you know, I, this is protocol. So if you could bend over, I want you to know that don't be embarrassed. Some uh, men, some sure. men, not all men, but they occasionally ejaculate. 
And I and I told him if this happens, I'm going to jump eight stories to my death out That's this it. window. If this of shame, of shame and embarrassment. Could you imagine? You're you're there as a straight I, guy or would, a gay guy, yeah. And this old guy puts a finger in your butt and you unload in this cold that'd, hospital floor. That'd be tough. It's just not personal. It's not a personal, intimate moment that no. you want to have, that you want to remember, really. You know. Yeah. You you want something with a little bit more uh, ambience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do tomorrow t- tomorrow do they um do they you, you wake up and what time is your procedure uh i think it's around one and uh i gotta be there around 12 30 i'm going under the gas oh yeah oh the gas is a gas or can they your actually choice. put you under you your, want gas your, or you could take uh or you could take uh, the heavy duty drugs you don't like that well I, you know it's not that but i'm told that or i was warned that you might not feel pain but feel something and I don't want to feel anything. I don't need to remember this. Just like go in there, tell me what's go- tell me what's up, and I'll wake up, and then you tell me. And and so uh, and so I'm going to go with the anesthesia. Oh, you go with anesthesia, so you can go anesthesia or gas. No, no, the gas being the anesthesia, or like like uh, like you know opioids, like uh, oh. narcotics that they just like intravenous. I want to be out. I want to be out. Out. I want to wake up and go. You weren't in my ass. Yeah. I don't think you were. You can't prove it. Yeah. Yeah, you, there's. <laughs> you can like, yeah, there's. Yeah, show me pictures. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, there they are. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you were in there. Yeah, you were there. Okay, fine. You know, are you nervous? A little bit. I sh- I shouldn't be. I I never used to be nervous about stuff like this, and I'm not really very nervous. But I had surgery before, like adenoids out, tonsils, when I was a kid, and it, needles don't scare me. But like, I don't know if it's you get older. You have more to lose. You're enjoying life more. You have a kid. Yeah, I have a kid. Eli. Eli. Named after Eli Manning. <laughs> Stop it. No. You're a Jets fan, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, I so remember that. It's let's one not thing even talk about on. that right now. I almost, I almost, we almost named his middle name Jet because of that. Thank God we didn't. I would just would have. Well, been you could have told people it was after a wing song. Well, the thing. Well, a wing song. Jet. Uh. Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, you know. We decided that at the end of the day, when I hear the name Eli, I'll probably still think of my kid and not Eli Manning. See, before the kid <laughs> comes, you hear Eli, right. I think of Eli Manning. But now that Eli's here, I'm going to think of my son. Right. Uh, so that was quickly, that fear was quickly washed away. Right. Um, all right. Look, we've talked about ass for the first 10 minutes of the show. I mean... Mm-hmm. Look, I've known you for a long time. We talk about the state. I remember those days when... You were always so humble, so fun to be around. I just felt comfortable around you. Just a genuine guy. You've always been so genuine. And I always said, you know, I always thought, God, I I, I want that guy to keep, you know, oh, that's uh, nice, doing right? well. I, well, thanks. Like, you are. You're just a genuinely good dude. And you're so funny. And I remember watching the state and going, God, this guy's so funny. You just got to just. Uh, and it, I remember you struggled. We all struggled. But like struggle, you. Yeah. For years, right? Your way. People yeah. think, oh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. He did Reno Nine, uh, not Reno Nine One One. Yeah, Reno Nine One One. That's kind of hard to say. Reno Nine One One. Brooklyn Nine Nine. I play a lot. Of, I played a lot of cops. One that's really nice of you to say, Mike. And uh, it's the you know the struggle's real for a lot of people, for many of us actors. But I try to surround myself with uh, good people. That was the first step, and uh, and try not to take it too seriously. But it you know it was nice to uh have the success i had but you know there's some bitterness there there was some comparing myself and some jealousies along the way that you have to kind of you know eat up you know did you ever resent like in the beginning going thinking 
you know, one of your buddies, your peers, I think we've all gone through it. It's like, he's oh, I, doing so well. It's like, why can't he just give me a lift? Why can't he just fucking, why can't he drop me off at 23rd and 4th? You know, he's. Give me a ride. I mean, give, give me just, give me a lift to, I don't know, a nice series. But I, something. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you, there's no way, like, I have friends that, you know, when I was on Smallville uh-huh. or in Pastor, you know, I was filming in Canada. So they would hire all Canadian locals. And, mm. you know, sometimes I'd have people audition or something. I didn't have that choice. Like, it's not like, you know, and Pastor finally was a thing where I was an executive producer. I was like, hey, I want my friend, whoever, to come up. Yeah. I want my friend Troy to do this. I want my friend Roger to come up. Yeah. I want to, if there's a role, I want them, even if it's not that big, I want them to be a part oh, of it. Oh, that I would do if I ever had, if I was ever a creator or producer of a show. I mean, these are things I'm trying to do. Um, but that's that's when you give back, you know. I, I think uh, that's great that you did that. You have to do that. But what, Yeah, but, you know, I haven't been, I've been a creator of things that haven't aired so right. or have not even been shot just i sold something so that's exa- you know when i did my movie yeah i remember i directed this movie back in the day and it was just like mm-hmm. a raunchy lowbrow fun comedy and i was like right. ballard get a, you know you're yeah. flying out sarah giller you're flying out joe spina you're flying out uh yeah. whatever i could do my friend jay ferguson who's on mad Men, he already had a career but i'm like please do this role anybody any of my friends i just wanted to be in the it's movie so, it's so satisfying isn't it, it how is. good do you feel like we uh, we years i made five years ago me and michael William black created this show called beef which was like Judge Judy meets like the Sopranos and the, and the bit is it, it takes place at like a butcher shop and um, and you know the the, the guy uh, um, I'm forgetting the character's name but Chris Maloney played him um, would set all these neighborhood you know skirmishes like uh, yeah I went over with uh, a nice craft beer over to Johnny's like Super Bowl party and then you know he wouldn't let me have that he hid the beer and we had to drink his like Bud Light shit and you know I feel then he kept the craft beer you know stuff like that right and so and and I invited Bauer did some and, and a lot of my friends that you know are so good so talented but just haven't gotten you know that chance yet it felt awesome like and and I I feel that's important I think you got to look out I think it I think it is important and it's also hard when you don't have a lot of the you know especially like when I was on Smallville I had a lot of success I just remember going. I know what they want. They want these pretty boys and yeah. these pretty girls yeah. on the show and they have to be Canadian. They can't afford it because, you know, they're cheap and they, you know, unless it was like, it just was like, uh, you know, and you're like, you're on a hit show, dude. Why right. can't you get me on Smallville? It's like, if you look at it, everybody was young except for me. Yeah. Like everybody's right. young and there's yeah. my dad, Lionel Luther. And yeah, but there wasn't a lot I could do. Right. I, I did and try. Also, you weren't a producer. On, were you? Producing no, well? I wasn't yeah. a producer. So you didn't have that level. No. A lot of it is this kind of misunderstanding of how the business works and how the power, you know, structure works and the hierarchy. And because you're like, Oh, you're on Brooklyn. Nine nine. I just like put me on. I'm like, believe That's me, not how it works. I mentioned you to Jewel Bestrup, who was a fantastic casting director. You mentioned director. me to her? Um, I have not mentioned you. I thought you were talking really to me. It's really awkward that you asked me that. I'm now this so is weird. I'm so sorry, Joe. Fine. All right, Rosie. I'll, I'll talk to her. Oh, believable. <laughs> so anyway. How does he do it? How does he do it? <laughs> but yeah, but like, you know, you have to go through these certain channels. Uh, and I do. I do. And by the way, Joe. You want to come on the show? Would I come on Brooklyn Nine-Nine? You mean a hit show that you're on that people know. love? I, you know, I don't know. When I do it. Yeah. Look, some people are I very just, selective in with I am so, Look, I am selective in terms you know. of like, I just don't like it. A lot of people go, why aren't you doing I go, you know what? I just want to do my own stuff. And I yeah. want to, I, unless it's like, obviously, if it's something that I just, you know, Jensen Ackles, he's a, one of the lead on Supernatural. Okay. And he emailed me last night. He's like, dude, call your fucking agent and get on Supernatural. It's our last season. And I'm like, 
you know, and, and it's so nice because this is a huge show, huge fun. It's got eight million people, and I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm like, I I love Jensen, and I love you know, love the show. I love yeah. I love supernatural shit, and I love the fans, and the fans are great. So I'm like, you know, if it's the right thing, um, I I would do it. Of course, yeah. are you kidding me? I'd be lucky. Um, but yes, so well, we'd be lucky to have you. So dude, I'm gonna uh, throw in your name out. Uh, are you kidding me i'd love it even if it was like something fun and quick i don't give a shit i don't have an ego with that stuff just come and be funny egos are tough to keep in check aren't they dude i've been learning about ego i've learned i've really you know i've talked about this but you don't know this but i I went off to a wellness center for three weeks well i listened to some of your uh, oh uh, so i must have talked peripherally i do but not (laughs) a lot but you were talking about meditation i just started that a few months ago uh as well do you do it every day I do it every day um, for ten minutes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I've missed, you know. Sometimes I miss a day or two, but it's been, uh, it's been very, very helpful. How do you feel when you miss a day? Uh, guilty. Yeah. Isn't that something? It's like it's like yeah. a routine thing. It's like yeah. I, I try to express it to people, but if you're doing something like everybody goes, oh, I wake up, I drink four cups of coffee. Oh, I wake up, I have a cigarette. Oh, I wake up, I do this. I go now. Imagine. That you feel like you have to do that. Imagine you you break that routine. You don't right. do that. You know you quit a habit takes twenty one days. Imagine a new habit, mm-hmm. and now you're going. That's what happens. It's like I hate meditation. I hate meditation. And then two weeks in, I'm like, I have to keep doing that. Yeah. And now it's today's ninety six days straight. I wake up and I do twenty minutes, and I cannot miss it, or I feel like a failure. That's and that's so a great. good routine now. Yeah. Even if people think, oh, well, I don't know how my mind's racing. I'm like, motherfucker, look at me. Yeah, it's funny you say that because that was an intimidating thing for me starting meditation as well. Because you're like, how do you meditate? What do you got? I got incense. I got everything's got to be quiet. No, and then you know, I was working with Zap. Uh, I was listening to this app. Um, I thought you were going to say you're listening to Zap Galifianakis. <laughs> you know, with I'm trauma. Listening to, I'm listening you to studying uh, trauma. Galifianakis's meditation tape, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Wait, I want, I'm going to let you finish this. You got to finish yeah. this. But I, I really want to do, he knows this. I want to do a meditation app. I want to do my voice. Yeah. Like, because, but I want to like talk about voice, what I'm too. thinking. Yeah. Like I, it would be shit like this, Joe. I want to, I want to hear yours too. Mine would be like, all right, listen, if you're like me, you know, your mind is going nuts right now. I should take a piss before this thing. I should probably, uh. I don't know, wash my face. I should brush my teeth. My breath is so bad right now. But listen, listen, nothing matters right now. No one's smelling your breath. I want you to just, my nose is a little, it's not clear. So that's why you're hearing that. You know, that's like a truck in the distance. I but, would listen to that. But it's just like, real. I would call me. <laughs> I would be like, I am thinking those things. How does this guy know that? What would yours be? I do. Well, uh, I think my they're all it's always deep, right? But it would be let's sit down, let's find a comfortable place. Let's concentrate on what it feels like to think about what you're gonna do later. Wait. Don't do that. Breathe. Did you make plans to have lunch? Don't think that either. Just thought all these things. Hang on. I like to, to keep sabotaging the meditation a little bit. Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother, and she's starting to notice the differences. Hmm in herself and she because i noticed my mother was always had brain fog and and she couldn't think clearly and and you know and and i i was like well this stuff works for me and what's great is i didn't even they weren't even a sponsor when i started using this um have you heard of synaletics yet well listen it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago 
and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused. Um, younger. I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, better help has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use better help when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease and we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside so we talked about your your journey when you're doing the state i mean this is mtv back in what year this was 90 uh 
Ooh, 92. 92, we did a show called You Wrote It, You Watch It, which uh, we were reenacting letters about uh, from, from fans. And we were doing that show. That wasn't our show. We were one of the directors on there. Uh, and then that was 92. I'm losing all track of time. I think 93 is when we started the state. Yeah, because I think I did the pilot for that show that never made it like in 95 or 96. So that's probably around the time. 95, we did the CBS disaster. Uh, you know, the see when we jumped to the network and then that was that was like October 95. So the MTV show was like before then. So what was it like? I mean, you're at New York University, you're meeting all these guys, these big personalities. Was there an immediate attraction, immediate love between all of you where you were just like you all thought each other were yeah. really fun and you liked everybody? Yeah, there there was at a uh, we we took each other pretty quickly. And um, I don't know, it's one of those things where you you never know why this group of people got together. I th I think. We were all very smart, ambitious, extremely talented. Those guys are incredibly talented. And and so I feel like that, you know, people like that attract each other. And there was safety in numbers. There's like, okay, what if we came up with, you know, a, a you know a group where we can all perform and write? And so it happened pretty quickly in terms of us getting along. Of course, as you move on, there's dysfunction in any big group. And, you know, those dynamics start to get particular and, and everyone – sees what annoys each other about each other and so who was the leader though was there a leader was there, what, it was it david well, wayne was well, the leader then? no no the 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 our friend todd hollebeck founded the group todd hollebeck was in a sketch group with david wayne and mo willems you know who mo willems is? i don't mo willems is a, a an incredible and very popular uh children's book author uh and he had founded this uh sketch group called the sterile yak that todd hollebeck and david wayne were in todd broke off from that and formed uh, a group called the new group, which ended up becoming the state. So that was, that's, and this is all at NYU. Now, who did you think, honestly, in the beginning, when you first were there and like in school, you're like, this guy's the funniest. Who did you look up to where you're like, oh. I mean, not, not to say, look, this is then. So it's not like you're saying, putting, throwing anybody under the road. Yeah, but yeah. Who was it that you're like, God, this guy's going to be a star. Wow. Well, you know, Ken was like, Ken made me laugh very hard. Marino, Tom Lennon was uh, wicked smart and funny. Uh, although it's funny, Tom Lennon, and we talk about this, so I don't feel uh, bad sharing this. Like I didn't like Tom when I first met him. Tom was very, Tom had it. Tom, Tom seemed very like arrogant to me and uh, standoffish. Um, and we ended up going in for this um, student film um, directed by uh, uh, Adam Marcus, who did one of the Jason movies. Mm -hmm. And um, we were in the audition, and we just hit it off. We had a great audition. We booked this student film, and. Uh, we've been close ever since i love that man he's generous but it's interesting right how you meet somebody and like you don't take to them immediately and then they become really really close do you have you have friends like that yeah i also think it's it's easy for people to, i don't know how many times someone has you know said either about me or about a friend of mine or somebody i know or an actor and now i've learned not to listen they're like yeah my friend joan her friend john's friend jim said that uh, Dax Shepard was not really nice. And I'm like, uh, why? And by the way, this isn't a true story. This is oh, not a true story. No, it's not a true story. But like, you know, and um, I'm like, why? Oh, I don't know. She said she went up to him to get a picture and he didn't want to take a picture. I'm like, do you think maybe he might have been having a bad day? You think maybe he was in a rush? Was he eating? Was he, yeah. you know, I'm a good judge of character. I think that's uh -huh. a, a good trait of mine. For the most part, I, I meet people. I'm like, this person's good. I, I trust them. They seem like a genuine person. I, I, my friends are better than me yeah. for the most part. Um, 
But I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. They say so and so. I go, you know, that's well. That's why you have so many friends. I mean, I, you. What's amazing about you, Rosie, is that I, I went to your Halloween party. I don't know when it was a few years uh, ago. Well, probably in October. It, <laughs> Was it last year? It was at that me, place in me, and, City. me and Mather Zickel. Mather yeah. Zickel, another terrific Love character him. actor. We were a bunch of boneheads showing up, like not in costume. Everyone's in costume. And so I think I wore like a Quint shirt or some Jaw shirt. Anyway, you have so many people that love you. You should know that. You should know that because it's important and it's easy to forget things like that, especially when you're feeling, I don't know, alone or out of it, not in sync, not feeling like you belong. Like I went there, I'm like, Look at all these guys, Rosie. That's amazing. And it's true. And I and I was happy to be there and to be invited and that I also knew you. So it just to hold on to that and own that because that's uh that's an important thing to remember when you when you have those days where you're like, What the fuck am I doing again? Well, you know what? This? I wanna say, first of all, I genuinely thank you for that. I think that's incredibly kind of you, and I appreciate that. The problem in my mind, it's not that I don't believe you. It's not that I don't think they love me my right. friends love me it's this dichotomy of yeah of course but then well, i'm always organizing stuff and doing fun things and doing this and having thanksgiving and having a halloween party and doing what if i just didn't do that anymore would they oh, still be showing oh, would they still want to give a shit about me right would they still right, love right. me and I, I i would hope the answer is yes of course i think some of them for sure i'm just like sometimes i, I worry i go god you're such a helper you're such a people pleaser you're such a like I want to be liked, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, dude, fuck. We all want to be liked. True. But like, you don't, you have your family, you have your job, you have your kid. You don't go, Hey, I'm going to do this and invite all these people all the time. And, right. and I am getting better at it and I've been working on myself, but you know, and I genuinely think people care about me. Yeah, I do. That's not yeah. about, that's that. not, but an it's issue, right? hard for me to allow people in. I think, mm -hmm. I think I just, you know, I've talked about this a billion times, but you know, getting it at a young age, getting, getting yeah. it in life and you walk around life and you're like, oh, I don't know if I've ever been really felt love yeah. like that. I was really like love few people. I feel that way, yeah. but I can relate to that. I relate to that. Yeah. I can relate to that in that there are many times when I'm in a room and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here with all these amazing people? Like what, what, what's that about? I should not be here. And I've realized that you're never in a room you're not supposed to be in. If you're in the room, you deserve to be in the room, period. So that's helped me just take a step back, uh, back, take a step back, trauma, trauma, what else? Zap. What else? Zap. So this is what happens when you uh, when you prep for a colonoscopy. You just yeah. You can't have no protein anymore. in your mind right now. It, your ass exactly. is begging you to get rid of shit. Yes, but like you have to step back and and remember that the, you're there for a reason. To just accept it, just own it, you know. And that's helped me. I hear your point too about having a family, right? If I, you know, have this amazing place that you have uh, with all these incredible things that inspire you in it. That's wonderful, and yet you're like, well, what what else is there? What what about family? All that stuff. Like, I could understand where your where your head might start to spin and be like, what happens if I don't throw the parties? Is it just do I turn into Howard Hughes or or whatever it is? You know what I mean? But you won't, man. You won't. You won't. There's too many. You you you're a you're a people gatherer. You have an energy to you that just people like it. So don't sweat it. Well. I, I thank you, my friend. Yeah, I thank man. you, my friend. But um, look, back to you. Back to me. It's inside of you. What's in, it's, it is inside of me. What else? Do we, what we haven't talked about. Uh, 
What haven't we talked about? Well, Brooklyn. Well, I definitely Anything? want to talk about Brooklyn, but you know that that whole journey from going from the state into this, like you know, oh, guest right. starring on things, oh. doing things. You were always like going, "Hey, you." I remember playing poker with you, yeah. and I remember being at bars with you. Yeah, and it's just like, "Hey, Joe, what are you doing?" I was like, oh, "You know, I might do this independent thing. I don't know." Yeah. It's pain. I remember going up to you, and you're in a quadruple banger. It's called. It's four. <laughs> you know, you're staying in this thing that's what was probably I doing? the size do of a. One of those little private urinals. Yeah. You know, we've small. all been in those. And you were just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm doing this little bit part. I've waited 14 hours. I haven't shot yet. <laughs> and I can just tell, like, you know, you didn't sh- you, sh- you didn't show up, but I knew it. Like, you're like, I just <sighs> I just want something to hit. Yeah. I you know, want, I just want to be able to go on set every day yeah. and be have a purpose. Yeah. And say, I'm here to do my part and, and work. You wanted to work. You're starting. You're starting. This is a very uh, interesting part of the conversation we're segueing into now. Because what you're talking about is accepting when your time is, right? I had a, a long time accepting when my time was going to be. Many actors go through that. Mark Evan Jackson just did a podcast with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I was talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine in that I almost didn't go in for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I almost didn't get Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I'd gone in, I put myself on tape for Allison Jones. Then they wanted me to come back in for a callback or a session. At that point, it was during a very kind of dark time in my career, in my head about my career. Like, you know what? I've done super bad. I've done all these like little movies, like enough's enough. Like everyone knows what I can do. Like cast me or don't cast me, but like, I'm tired of it. I was really, the ego was overwhelming, swallowing me up. And so I almost didn't go. And if I didn't go, I would not be on the show. Clearly more importantly, the lesson learned is that no one owes you anything. And if you're doing a job because you're expecting to get another job, you got to find what you like about it. I know that you hear it all the time. You find the joy in what you do, but the older you get, you realize that's really the truth because it put me in such a, a mood of, um, I owe this and people know what I can do and just give it to me, give it to me entitlement that it really starts to weigh you down and it starts to infiltrate you in a, in, in negative ways and you don't enjoy where you're around. I remember Ken Marino. It's why he's such a great guy. His wife, Erica Yama, um, wrote this really funny digital series called Burning Love that uh, Ken oh, was yeah, in. I love and, it. Uh, so many funny people were in that. And uh, I was shooting that, and I was just in a terrible mood. And, like, Ken had to bring me inside. Like, while we're shooting, you know, I didn't know disruption during the set, but between takes, I was just, like, not the greatest of moods. And he's like, what's up, man? He's like, man, I said, Ken, I love you. I love this. This is so funny. Like, am I just going to be doing this? Like, web shows? Like, it was really narrow-minded ungrateful type of stuff and he heard me as a friend and he related and here i am talking to someone that also hadn't got his big break ken's amazing he's in all this stuff but also hadn't gotten his break and you realize you just end up sounding like a complete asshole because you can't see your path you can't see when is your time and it took me a while and if i if i had kept in that kind of mode well then i don't get brooklyn nine nine and now Brooklyn Nine-Nine has given me a gift that is above and beyond. I mean, I have a new family. I've gone through life changes. Several of us have gotten married. Several of us have gotten have had kids, including myself. If I had like, no, fuck it, I'm not going in, that is not open to me anymore. That's not here. And that's a very humbling place to be when you're like, ah, now I'm getting it. The struggle's real. Even after you think you've made the big time, not the big time, but like super bad. I did super bad. I'm like, that movie was huge. I'm like, oh, well, here we go. It's only a matter of time now. Start getting the calls. Here they come. They don't come. You know, you still have to go in. 
You still have to do all that stuff. So you just have to keep it in check because mm. no one owes you anything. No one's going to give you the money for the movie. No one's going to write the script for you. No one's going to like create the ideal part for you. You find it. You get it. Or just follow. Or if you don't know how to get it, follow things that are coming at you, that are opening up to you. And maybe that will lead you there. I don't know. There was a, there was a lot of that stuff going on for me about seven years ago. I don't think I've ever listened that hard in my life. <laughs> Ryan, I noticed you too. I noticed there was an energy shift. What you just said was worth the whole podcast and it, worth it to me. And I know worth it to Ryan because that shit right there is, is so vital. And whether you're an actor or not, it's, it's, it's whether it's, you're it's, an actor it's, it's or not, humble. it's very and it, important. And it is very hard. Important. It is important. hard. You're right. When you're, the ego gets in the way. The ego, my fucking ego has gotten in the way of so many things where I'm like, even on this, I'll even talk about this podcast. Like now in the beginning, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't sound like it. I don't want to hear my voice. I never listen to my voice, Yeah. but I've gotten so many responses and people's lives have changed and it gives me purpose and I love it. Dax gets so many more listeners than I do. <laughs> I start comparing. You start comparing. Comparison's hard. Why does man. he? Well, he's a bigger star than you. That's why he gets bigger listeners. I know, but he got the idea from what, being he, on my podcast. But he also, yeah, but so, but he's great. And for some reason, he's got a bigger audience than you. So what? And then I'm like, I know, no, I love, I love him. He deserves it. I love Dax. He's one of my best friends. But I'm, I guess it's kind of jealous. I'm like, yeah. God, it is. I'm going to be honest. I, I wish I, God, I, I love my podcast. I think I do a really good job. I think people enjoy it. I, I want more listeners. You know what the, you know what the lesson? I can I, have more listeners. More listeners. You know the lesson I learned was, please, as soon as you realize that there's abundance. You'll be all right with that. There's room, really, for everybody. Everybody. So, Dax absolutely deserves that. That podcast. He's great at it, and you're great at this. So, there's just room for everybody. I mean, that's just a bigger but lesson. Can I borrow some you know, from him? Sure. Can I just say, Dax, rent him out. Just give me five percent of your audience. Five <laughs> percent of Dax's audience, yeah. come over here. Because come on over. Because Let's... by the way, my fans are so loyal, and they're the listeners are yeah. so loyal, and even like. Uh, Jen from Legendary Films, who I met with about some projects two yeah. weeks ago. I got an email from her today saying, I love the podcast. I listened to it. It's so good. And I'm like, oh, my God. So people are listening, and I love it. I'm not going to stop. I don't care if it's like nobody. As long as one person's listening, whoever mm -hmm. you are out there, I really love doing it. So right. I, whether yeah. I make a lot of money or no right. money or whatever, I'm going to continue to do this because I really love talking to people like you, you. could tell you could tell it, I, I just like it i'd like to do this my whole life how great is it to you know to have an intimate conversation with interesting people some of which you have a history like myself others you met for the first time it's the best you said something remind me of another story about comparison and jealousy it's i guess uh 90 oh no it's actually farther than that it's in like 2000 the state is is long done i have been doing like commercials here and there you know, maybe an independent film or here, some voiceover, nothing very exciting. Um, and yet I see all my state compatriots kind of doing their working, working. Yeah. I get this audition for a movie. It's Artie Lang's beer league. I, I'm in the audition, the casting director. And I, 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 I won't name her name. says, okay, I'm going to, you're going to slate. And then we're going to, uh, uh, you can slate your name. I'm going to ask you some questions. And then we're going to go into the uh, the scene. And by the way, don't – there's no improv They really, you know, stick to the script. I'm like, oh, yeah. All right. Sure. So, uh, hi, Joe Latrulio. Yeah, Joe. And so you were a member of the state. Uh-huh. Member of the state, sketch comedy, met at NYU. And so 
so many of your compatriots are like working at Reno 911 and some did what how to and everyone seems to be like working except for you. The slate is running, by the way. The camera's on me. What is that all about? I'm like, well, you know, uh, I'm just trying to do my thing, you know. Literally in, inside, I'm like ready. I'm I, I can't believe I'm furious. Like this ego and the and the comparison is just coming at me full force now because of this question. And I just decided, well, you know, I'm just doing my thing. Um, and in my head, I decided, oh, I'm going to be improving now. There's I don't. There's no sticking to the script now. I ended up uh, uh, booking the part, and it was um, uh, it, it was it was a really good feeling knowing that when you're up against it, and they're throwing you know egg on your face, and they're just really kind of beating you. Just stand up, come come at them, come at them now. In her defense, I I don't think she meant to make me feel that way i don't know she just wasn't a good interviewer i don't think she was a good interviewer and i i don't or very aware of the terrible insecurities of actors Jesus. and the level of comparison that goes on with us every minute of the day so i don't i don't <laughs> i don't i don't you know I'm, I'm painting her as a terrible person she's not i'm sure but that was a terrible moment for me um that i came out and i rose out of the ashes you're um, the phoenix i was the phoenix do you think that uh do you think that doctors look at other doctors and go i'm, a, I'm just as good of a doctor as him i don't have as many patients yeah how how much is he making? I'm like, I went to how many heart surgeries did did Ron do? I went to University of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Where do you go, Devry? Oh. I mean, I could. He went to St. John's. I mean, I think everybody does it though, don't they? Yeah. I think every yeah. everybody, you, yeah. whether you're driving a UPS truck, it's same right. thing. It's like, right. dude, he's making more than me. I bust my ass. I work twice as hard as he is. Um, <laughs> comparison, jealousy. They're just monsters, man. But you know what? Look, I still get it. Um, I'm just able to be like, all right, that's what I'm feeling now. You still get it, right? And you let let it, you let you know that it's going to dissipate, it's jealousy. Go away. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I, I I'm. It's getting less and less. It really, it truly, Good. it's evaporating because I'm tr I'm really going. What does it matter? What is it? Because honestly, well, you feel like you're probably in the right place right now. I'm you, getting right? there because I I really feel like when I'm 80, yeah, and I die. What does all these things matter? What does what does the house matter and and yeah. jobs that I've done? What yeah. matters is the memories and the the yeah. friendships and the things that I the enjoyment of life. Yeah, the taking yeah. living, not going through the motions, not trying to compare, not trying to be someone, but being the best you can be, being the best human you could be, giving and trying to love. And that's yeah. those are the things I'm working on. So when my agent gets mad and says. Dude, you know, you, do you want to work again? Do you want to like? I'm like, I, I am. I'm writing right. a horror script right now. I'm, I'm pitching the script that I wrote for TV. I, mm -hmm. uh, I'm doing an animated series with my friend Harland. I am doing two podcasts. This is what I want to do, but yeah. that's not where the big bread and butter money comes from. I go, you know what? If Spielberg calls you, let me know because yeah. I'll answer that fucking call. Yeah, I'm lucky, by the way. This isn't like, look, dude. I've said this. If I am like broke and someone goes, well, you, yes, I'll do anything. I don't care what it is. I yeah. work at Burger King to make money. I don't care. That's right. how my whole mentality was. Work, 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 work. But then I got to a point where, look, I'm not fucking, I don't have like, I don't, I don't Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Who knows yeah. what the fuck? I'm just saying I don't have the kind of money where I could just, I can be, I, I'm comfortable right now. I'm comfortable yeah. that I don't have to just, I have to work. I still yeah, have but to you make probably money. have some fuck you money, right? I don't know how much fuck you. Yeah, it's more. Not I mean, that, yeah, that, that for me, for me, you know, uh, many goals for a career. But for me is to that's why Brooklyn Nine-Nine is just amazing. You know, 
is to have a great job, obviously, and and with people that you love. But you know, you, you don't have control over that. Ideally, I'd love to have a nice savings of money. So, like, if jobs come along that I really don't want to do, I can say no. Yeah, I want to work on this movie. I mean, I I think for many actors, many for many people uh, in the in the creative arts, I think have that goal. That's realistic. No one wants to do anything they don't want to do. I think part of the reason maybe it's easier for the jealousy to go away now is like, well, you know what? I'm like in your 20, you don't know every, everything is possible. You don't know what you want to do. And you see people doing, oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. That looks great. I don't do that. I want to do that. And you get older and you're like, oh, I actually want to do this and I'm doing it. You know, I'm, I'm writing my movie and it makes it easier. Then you're not comparing yeah, you know, I also think that you feel like after, you're in the right place. after 25 years of, you know, whatever, I'm 47, there has to come a moment where you go, oh, that's not working for me. Yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, and the bigger thing. That doesn't work. By the way, we're all dust. That, all right? That's what we're, I was trying to say. We're all dust. That's what I was trying. In the wind. Yeah. In the wind. We're all Kansas lovers. <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that's what I was saying. You said it more frankly, more uh, compact. We're all – that's what – so what does it matter? You know what makes me feel better? Pizza. Making someone else feel good. Maybe, you know, I think we're all put on this earth maybe to just make other people happy, which will make us happy if we're making other people happy. If we're helping other people, that's making us feel good. If you're doing something yeah. that contributes to society or humanity, whatever it is, and I think for a lot of my life, it was me, 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 show, show voiceover yeah. uh travel friends mm -hmm. this there wasn't that connection and now just working with hands-on and charities and working with people and trying to help people and going somewhere for four hours to and and leaving going i might have helped someone today i yeah. hope i did that's that's me I, I swear it actually makes me tear up a little because so food on foot is a nonprofit organization that I'm a part of. It's for homeless people, and um, they are high-functioning homeless people. So a lot of times people get money from the government that are mentally ill and mm -hmm. things, but the people that are actually high-functioning that could work and they could do, those are the people that suffer. So they don't get the money. So a lot of times you see these people on Sundays when you're feeding the homeless and you're doing these things, and this organization's great because it, it says if you're motivated, if you want to be, if you want to have a job, if you want to have right. a place to live, you can yeah. And that's what the organization's about. We're going to help you do that, but you have to show us that's great. that you're motivated. So just for Sunday, this guy, Eric, graduated the program. And I'm just there, and I'm, you know, and we're all, there's a hundred and something people there, and people come there just to say, oh, I fed the homeless today. And that's nice. They showed up. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're there. You're there. And they, he starts giving his speech about just saying, hey, man, you know, and he was very humble, and he's just mm -hmm. like, you know, telling about this is where I was. And the, what this organization did, and I just, I was just lost in that, and in my heart. That's so great. I felt part it, of that. and I, and I honestly had to back up because I didn't want all these people to see me kind of crying. Yeah. So I just backed up, and I just, and that feeling is worth so much more right. than most of the bullshit feelings that you get that aren't even real. Any, anything, you know? anything to stop thinking about yourself is a good thing. I think. I mean, you know, that, it, that's a good lesson to remember. Like, oh, I got to get it off of me. It's just you feel like a whole weight is off you. Like, you're like, and then like what you're saying, you see this change that you're making in other people. It's such a wasn't Letterman talking about this that I think after his heart attack, he was talking about like just how great it is to like help people. Like, it's really true. Like, like, for instance, my amazing wife, Beth Dover, is at the federal building right now bonding an immigrant 
out of jail so he can get with his family. You know, she's with this organization called uh, Immigrant Families Together that will make a huge difference to a person. I mean, she's incredible for many, many reasons, but uh, that is only one of many things I love about her. But that feeling is like uncomparable to anything. Like, can you imagine you're going to have a picture of a man that gets to go back to his three kids and his wife that are here in San Antonio that he was going to get to. I mean, this is the real real stuff. Like, it's better than like an audition that you're going to miss or an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You know, it's it's real. It's it's real. The struggle is real. You know, and it's it's good to remember stuff like that. I need to do more of it. I think everyone needs to do more, but I think if everybody just took one day out of the week to do something, just to go, go to a old age home, go to a convalescent home, go to a, a homeless shelter, join Food on Foot, join me on a Sunday, go to a Ronald McDonald House, uh, help Echoes of Hope with Foster Youth, anything a day, and you spend three hours, and you're going to go, what am I doing? I worry about me all the time, all the time, and this is just taking a moment. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at how good you feel. Like it is. Like oh my god, this is. How did Incredible. I not think of this? Yeah. Helping other people. <laughs> How have I been so blind? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Helping people uh, feels welcome. good. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Do you still, do you stress? Do you still uh, on set? Do you, uh, do you, uh, when you're learning your lines? Do no. You, no. Are you stressed at all anymore? No. You no, know no, your no, stuff. No. You yeah, go yeah, in, yeah. you are excited about work. Mm-hmm. You don't ever go, oh my God, I'm fucking up. I can't do this. No. No, that no. Uh, and has that ever happened? Oh, of course, of course. I think uh, early in the beginning, you don't want to fuck up, and you don't want to. Uh, you, you think you're not good enough, or you, you're trying to get your 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 sea legs on whatever new production you're on. But I mean, I've been doing this since so, long. so long, and I and I love that I've been doing it so long that it is second nature. I, I remember there was a time where I used to work for like an hour every night. I just don't have the time to do that anymore. Like I'll like, and I do stuff now, like morning of like makeup trail, look at sides and start like learning them and start thinking a bit. You learn the lines on the day of. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's more improvisational feeling. No, because it's just like such a tool now. Like, like it's seven years. Like, you know, TV, you get used to like, how much time you'll have between shots and like you, you know, you have time to really look at it. You also know your writers, you know, the language of the script, you know, that they know they're writing for your character. So it's easy for you to think of that, like that character and therefore remember it easier. Yeah. So, so you know, you're not thrown. Like if I'm, Look, if I get a job tomorrow where I'm playing this like dramatic role, you have with, a like, speech or, uh, or verbiage, or even not a speech, but longer lines that have different rhythms, you'll work on. I need to work on that. Like I, Charles Boyle is like you know, you know back of my hand, you know, right. uh, in a great way. And so I don't stress out about how to do Boyle anymore, you know. So it's normal for me, like when I'm doing a role or it's dramatic or whatever that I really take a couple of days to learn those lines that I have to know. They're not just like a line here, three lines yeah. here. I'm, you know, if you're in a big chunks of scene and you have speeches and things like that, I can't, I've never been one to wake up, go to work, look in the trail and go, Oh, here we go. And yeah, I got it. I know those people, you, Kristen Bell, you know, whatever. A lot of people, there's something that's so stressful to me about not knowing my lines when I'm on set. There's something so stressful to me that my, maybe it's ADD. Maybe in this new drug that I'm on for my ADD, which helps me, maybe I could do it. Yeah. But there's so, I'm so distracted that, you know, when I'm on set and there's like, oh, we're going to shoot it now, or we're going to, I just have to be so prepared. Yeah. Well, you're a hard worker. You know wow. how long it takes to, like, I wish uh, I could do, do what it. you do. 
well, in Smallville, were you like that even after a oh, few yeah, seasons? It didn't matter because they, I always had a lot of lines, and and I, I always I, I, show, I right? but I couldn't learn them. Like mm-hmm. you know, even Jensen, I was talking on Supernatural. And those guys, they they'll look at it and they'll have tons of stuff, and they go, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Yeah. I'll get it on the second take. Yeah, I'm so. I, mean, I think I'm so consumed and worried about failing and mm-hmm. and everybody looking at me like I'm not good and right. I'm a failure that I, I'm so hard on myself that that's where that comes from and I don't know how to change that I don't know how to change that right you don't you know that's a great thing to know about yourself you know by the way I know we started late because I gave you a tour around the, the home I don't care I'm in no toys. Oh, you want to do some quick uh, lightning rounds I just feel did you get to everything you know it does, it's not about it getting into everything it's All more right, about good. life like the, the moment you'll see you'll see how these work but you know <laughs> lightning rounds are you sure you got everything <laughs> uh, we haven't even I don't know. Jenna Fisher was like do you even want to talk about the office I go uh not really Oh, that's so cool. Because everybody that. talks about The Office. Yeah. Everybody knows Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Andy Samberg, Terry Crews, all these guys. Yeah. Is there, obviously, you have to say the this. The girls. Are there anyone on that set that you're just like, oof. No. Are they all great? Yes. I, like, I, I know. It's, it's like fun? you want the dirt. But yes, it's, they're all incredible people. They really are. And I, I, Do you yeah. party with Samberg? Does Do I party say, with hey, them? Joe, We're friends. Joe, I want you to come out with me tonight. Joe, you want to go to this yeah, thing? Yeah, we'll we'll do. We don't go out a lot because he's also a father, uh, and you know he's got a life. But like we have, here's what we do. So Andy and I have this thing every year where we um, we make a bet. We used to, it used to be about the show where we're like, how many flashbacks do you think there'll be this season? And that was fun for a while. You make like a over under on it, you know. And you bet for money for for, for money. We're like steak dinner is what we do. Okay. And so we haven't done that in a while. But now, the past three years, we've been doing like who has the worst record? The Jets. Or the Niners. He's uh, he's San Francisco. Niners are doing well. Yeah, and so exactly. So what I'm getting to, uh, there was one, there was one uh, season where, you know, the Jets were doing. It was, it was who had the worst. It was record. after. Uh, it was who had the worst record, and the Jets got off to a great start, and the and the Niners were terrible, and it looked like I was going to lose. It looks like the Jets would have the better record, and then the last half of the season, the Jets tank, and like the Niners had this surge, and the Jets end up having a worse season. Therefore, the steak dinner. That is not the case this year, where it's such a joke. The bet was who has the better record. The Jets ain't going to do it this year. Yeah, zero and four and four and zero. Um, that's our bet. That's our kind of, and then we go out for a steak dinner and, and, uh, uh, and, and talk about it. Is it hard everything. to balance? Like you say, you're dealing with a lot of stress. You're going to therapy in therapy sessions. What do you talk about? What will mm. you say? She'll say, Joe, how are you doing? And you'll say, I'm stressed out of my ass. I can't stop obsessing about this movie that isn't here. I don't know if Brooklyn nine Nine's coming back. I don't know what's going on. My wife's doing this charity work with immigrants. I look at me. I'm worrying about things that aren't that important. Right. I, I can't get it straight. I, I'm new I to, get I'm it up. new to, I'm new to therapy. Like I, I, I can't get it start. up. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know really what to talk about there. So I get there and I just start talking about my day and my mood and, uh, you know, issues like my issues are like not that different like insecurity am i being the best person i can be you know am i giving back um am i a good husband am i a good father you know all the all these all the basic boring shit that a lot of people and not boring shit but you know important stuff but there's nothing there's nothing nothing specific there's no like specific issues like i'm gonna talk about how great it was to do this you are yeah and then she's gonna like why was it great i'm like well because I got to see my friend Rosie. I got to talk about some things I don't talk about often. I got to see his house. I got to meet Ryan. And then you go from there. And, you know, and then I'm a little nervous about getting a camera up my ass tomorrow. I'm a little nervous about that. You'll be asleep. You know, I'll be asleep. In fact, if you want, I have an Ambien. I could put you to sleep, put a camera oh, up your nah. ass, wake you up, and say, hey, 
How'd that feel? I ended up getting groceries at 2 a.m. and not remembering it. Ambien wigs me out. <laughs> Do you take anything? Do you I take, don't. Do you take any supplements? Any, any, or... any sup- no, I, I'm nothing. On... You don't take any Zoloft, any stress no. reliever. You don't take any. I've, I've never Have been. Have you thought about it? Like I should take something. It will take the edge off. I've never. I'm not a depressive person. You're I, not. I, I, no, I'm not. No. I, and I think as of late, because of the stress, I'm like, am I depressed? Like I should look into that. But I've always been a person that's pretty outgoing, enthusiastic, optimistic. Annoyingly so, I think sometimes. You know, not eager. You know, but. But I've always had like an outlook of like, hey, man, it is what it is. It's life. And let's just keep moving on. I don't get too wrapped up in sadness because and I'm not trying to um, demean that or demean anyone that struggles with that. That's that's real. But like that's just never been my disposition. And so if it was, I would definitely be taking great parents. Married 55 years. Do you think that's a good part of it? I think so. I mean, honestly, if your parents were, I mean, I mean, look, did they say, Joe, I love you. Joe, I'm proud of you. They do. Joe, I... They have. The Mets suck. They have. I mean, do they do all <laughs> they these have. things? They do all these things, yes. So, see, I they think have. that's vital. Yeah. But look, and, and again, you have to go one day in, in life, you have to say if you had bad childhood, which things happen. Sure. You have to say, all right, well, I'm my own person now. I have that's to get right. over these things. Yeah. And I think for a long time, a lot of people like myself just kind of... You know, it's hard. It's hard to yeah. all of a sudden go, all right, I'm, forget all those things that happened. Forget not being having this. Yeah. Uh, so, But I'm glad. I'm glad that you're honest about that. I'm glad you had a great childhood. And that shows in the person you are. Yeah. I mean, look, I, our family has dysfunction uh, for sure. But but affection was never an issue in the, in the household. And letting you know what was right or wrong or what you're proud or disappointed in is, was always very open and transparent. I think that's healthy. Ultimately, it's like, do you feel safe, right? Like, I have a kid now. I'm like, my job is to love and protect this child and just make him feel safe. I feel like if you feel safe, then then you're going to be off. You have a good start. I think if you feel safe, whether you're a child or as an adult, you're going to be the best you can be. Yeah. I think that if I'm safe, whether it's on set, with people who I, I respect and I feel comfortable, I could try things, I could take risks. They're not looking at me uh, yeah. funny whether you feel safe as a kid, which is most vital yeah. to be like, hey, you know, even if I drop the ball, I'm not a stupid idiot. I don't yeah. suck. My I'm, my dad's proud or yeah. those things are so important. I think being safe. It sets you up. It sets you up for a really productive life that's receptive to everything. Well, you sure. know what? You've just earned yourself an inside of you mug. Oh, I want one. Yep. You got one on the back of it. Can you read what it says? It says... You should know this already because you, you like you read the sides and you get it right away. You, should, you read that two hours ago. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. That's right. I want well, you to bring that. I want you to use it. It's a good mug. It's a good looking mug. Admit it. I want. I I do admit it, and I want to thank you for having me. And I love you, brother. This has been great. What's your uh, What's your Instagram and your Twitter handle? Oh, uh, 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 very <laughs> Joe Latrulio at uh, Joe at Joe Latrulio for both for Twitter and. Um, and Instagram. Brooklyn Nine Nine can be uh, your Brooklyn way. Brooklyn Nine Nine is 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 coming out uh, uh, mid season replace uh, January. The new season, season seven, will start sometime in January, and uh, it'll be great and funny. It's January. It's starting. In other words, you've shot all these. We've shot. We're uh, seven in, seven out of thirteen for this season. So we're we're mid we're mid shooting right now. How many episodes have you done? Total. Mm-hmm. We've done a hundred and. 38 so far at the end of this season will be 143 episodes. so you renegotiated of course we did season three was but that no was no that... season after season six so you waited i mean six. after season yeah after season six so after season six you renegotiate yeah 
So you waited six seasons. We had to. We didn't wait. That's well, we waited, the, con- I mean, the contract we, 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 for... After the second season, we negotiated. You did? Mm-hmm. Well, well, I don't think we were a in third. a position to do Now, that. was it hard yeah, because... Show. Was everybody treated equally or obviously as a sandwich? No, it was, it, was, it was tiered. It was tiered. It was tiered. Uh, uh, yeah. As, it's like, as, Joe, this is what we're going to pay you. And you're like, uh, was, yeah, it, was, was it hard? I, uh, yeah, but it, but not really. It works I mean, itself it was, out. Yeah, it works out. It was, it was, it was paid well. I, I, I was happy... The, the the women weren't paid as well and that was wrong and and now they are getting paid equally in the second contract and so i think that's important yeah it is important yeah so but again the money the money is fine but it was you know the money is giving me a good life but it was really about having a thing that i love doing going to a place where uh, these people we're, we're in it together to do something funny i don't know what the hell i'm talking no, about. no you do no, i'm just like, look no, man no, i i hope ryan just rolled his eyes he's looking up he's <laughs> ryan's ryan's bored, by the way he's look like, joe i i hope someday i get to work with you because i think it'd be a blast too, i love I, I really love you as a human being and as a friend and, and too, i know man. we haven't seen each other in years and you know it's it's sort of life but i'm like this moment right here is very special to me that's why i came i've always liked you and i appreciate you coming here today and um, I love you, buddy. Thank you for allowing me to be Thanks, buddy. Everybody. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.